has a nice solid style, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not offensive. It's uh, flavoursome. Does what it says on the on, yeah. on the bottle, really. It's, nice uh, little dry finish as well. Yeah, I've, I don't know if I've had it out of the bottle. I've only had it on. Um, this is keg, isn't it? This is one of their keg. Uh, they do do it in keg, yeah. I think I've only had it on keg, and I've had it a lot colder. Yeah. So I don't know if I ever got quite the full effect of it. Okay, so we're drinking Fuller's Black Cab Stout, um, which is the, the first of three beers that, that we're going to feature this week. Um, and we'll, we'll explain the reasons why we're going to do that as, as we go on. Um, what uh, what have you been up to beer-wise this week, mate? Uh, to be honest, it hasn't been the most exciting of beer weeks. Um, although that could be, I don't know whether that's conscious or subconscious, but I've got uh, a few things coming up, which I'll, I'll share with you next week. But nothing i've got nothing to share actually okay. i'll leave it there fair enough um i on the other hand have, have had quite quite <laughs> a week um i've been taking part in the badge quest 2016 for the big beery night um which is on the 11th of november um so i've been trying to hit as many badges as, as I possibly can versus yeah, through various combinations. You have definitely been trying to go for the badges regardless of the quality of the beers. And, and some of the quality of the beers have been questionable. So uh, just just, on, just gonna, a few standouts. I had uh, at Little Leeds Beer House last week, I had Anagram Blueberry Cheesecake Stout from Omnipolo. And yes, it ticked every one of those boxes. It tasted like a blueberry stout. Uh, blueberry cheesecake in the form of a stout in a glass it was big it was thick it was oh it was all sorts of beautiful it, it was velvety uh, that was one of my standouts presumably you wouldn't be able to drink too many of them though you wouldn't because it's also 14 12% okay for lots of reasons then for, for many reasons you wouldn't <laughs> want to drink too much of that uh, what else did I have that was a bit of a standout um, I paid £1.20 for a Polish 9% lager from my local Polish store um, called Karpaci or Karpaki. Um, and I was actually mildly impressed with how it tasted. It didn't taste too bad, actually. And I was thinking, for £1.20 a can at 9%, I can get four of those for the price of a bottle of cloud water. You could. You could. You could also go and sit on a park bench as well with them. Yeah, I, I did, was wondering whether I needed to get um, <laughs> myself a bench and a... What, what have you. Um, and then I had a, had a bit of a session at Mother Kelly's as well on Saturday um, where I had some really uh, interesting beers, mostly stuff from their fridges because, again, I was trying to tick the, the, the boxes. Um, one well, of, that's not the cheapest way to spend an afternoon. Not at Mother Kelly's, it's not, no. <laughs> um, did, drinking, you say you, did you say you want the takeout price and just stand outside the, the Their the drinking barrier. prices are quite something to <laughs> behold, aren't they, I must admit. Um, and then just to finish, I, I enjoyed a few beers that um, uh, our friend Clayton brought back from New Zealand uh, with him from Garage Project, uh, out of the three, the Garageista uh, being the American IPA. Oh, in that case, yeah, I, I, I had the same beers as well, and yeah. uh, that one was definitely the standout, the yeah. three, although all three of them were very nice. Did you do them Lager Pal IPA, so did you, did you sort of step up? Yes. And, yeah, yeah, that's that's the way I did them. But yeah, I I'd been out on Saturday night and ended up at an Italian restaurant. So I was on Moretti. So when I came home, I decided I needed a glass you of hops. You needed something. And uh, the Garagista worked perfectly for that. I have to admit. So yeah, thanks thanks for muling them literally from the other side of the world, yeah, Clayton. Abs- absolutely, and and really tasty beers they were too. So. Um, moving on, uh, let's have a look at this week's news. Got a couple of stories that I want to cover. 
Um, and some of this links into some, some bits that we've been discussing on Twitter and some wider discussions that have been taken on. So, uh, firstly, we had the news recently that Marsdens have spent a million pound on, on modernising their beer to attract younger drinkers. Modernising um, their beer or their branding? Well, modernising their branding, um, which the jury's very much out about, isn't it, on this one? Yeah, I mean, we we obviously saw a few bit of uh, some discussion on Twitter uh, about it. Uh, I have to admit, most of the discussion I saw was fairly much why. Um, yeah. And I would have to, you know, pedi- Marston's pedigree, when it's at its best, is a very solid bitter. And I actually quite like pedigree branding, I have to admit. Yeah. Bottle I- and on the pump clip. I think there's a... It, it, it feels traditional. It feels robust. It's, it's there's something about it, isn't there? Yeah. For, for the for the listeners at home that, that that can't see Martin and I now looking at at the branding. Yeah. So um, we're looking at the old branding versus the new branding. Yeah. But but the old pedigree logo actually almost says is that's almost there's there's a pedigree yeah. to this logo. Yeah. It's not. It, it does what it should do. Whereas the new version doesn't stand out at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's lost. I don't understand who who this chap is on yeah. on, on the the logo, and I, I just I, I we we all know why they've done it because they're trying to um, attract a younger market, and one one might say they're trying to attract the craft market to to their beers, and and to their credit, they came out yeah. fighting in their corner as well on on Twitter, and they were saying that. Surely it's what's inside that counts, um, which is neither here nor there. But I'm just not sure. Yeah, well, the EPA's rank. Yeah. So I would just discontinue it rather than rebranding it if it was me. I, I just think in terms of what you've already got on the supermarket shelves, I, I just think the new branding's going to get lost. Much, It's going to get lost much more. Maybe what they should have done is, again, comparing it, they'd already brought out a new world. And maybe if they want to keep the EPA in the brand, you could make those two as being um, your rebranding but your old empire IPA and your pedigree I would have left alone yeah well th- there we have it so it be interesting to see how that works out whether they sort of come back and sort of have any sort of a uptick and whether they can put it down to the rebranding although I'm not too sure how how you measure that kind I, of I suppose it'll come down to sales won't it yeah. are they selling more in the supermarkets are they selling more in, in, in pubs yeah um, only time will tell but then again Marston's beer tends to be available most of the time in their own pubs yeah so yeah. occasionally you might get it in the odd spoons yeah but the rebranding bit will that help I mean even spoons will rebranding help it I mean I'm not sure I don't sure. think so no and if you're in if you're going to a Marston's pub anyway then yeah there's a good chance you're already going to be drinking Marston's the yeah. rebranding won't there's, there's nothing wrong with classic branding is there no if it's good yeah leave it alone yeah and, and if the beer's good like they were saying yeah. then the beer's I think, good I think pedigree is good and I think the old the old Empire IPA are good. Yeah. And I would have just I would have left alone because if you don't know what they're doing, you may also think, well, what are they hiding? Yeah. Why are they rebranding? But they're almost they're almost both part of what we're going to be talking about in a while. It's in terms of that beer journey. Yeah. Aren't, aren't they? They're, yeah. they're, they're some of, maybe some of the first beers that a lot of people might have come across. Yeah. When when they first started drinking. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, be interesting to see how it comes out, but I, w- I will say credit where credit's due to Marston's. They did, they did, they did do their bit on Twitter as well. Yeah, they did, they, they, they did a good job to justify rather yeah. than just letting people tear them apart. Yeah, um, which is generally what was happening. Yes, 
Um, so staying in the, the the domain of one of your favourites, mate, cask beer. Um, with news this week that Sharps are launching a limited edition version of Doom Bar. So they're launching Doom Bar Reserve. Any chance all of it can become limited? <laughs> um, it will be available until the end of the year, uh, and it's a six percent. Uh, warm and more festive flavoured beer. Okay, that's sounding yeah. spiced up. I'm, I'm worried that what they've done <laughs> is that they've basically just taken some Doom Bar and thrown a load of spices at it. <laughs> be interesting um, to tell what it's like, because I mean, my dad recommended Amateur Reserve to me, which I hadn't had for probably decades. Okay. And when I did have it, it was it is a vast improvement on the standard Abbott's Ale. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it will be better, but then it'll, it will only say to me, then why isn't Doom Bar better? Well, that's that, that's the thing. And, and there are people that say that um, even though it's now brewed uh, hundreds of miles away, that Doom Bar tastes better when you have it in Cornwall. Um, but that could be the same. could be said for Newcastle Brown Ale tasting better when you have it in Newcastle who well, knows well I guess we can find out on the Crimbo well, call in can, December we can find out on Miles the you have to make sure we get some Newquay Brown yeah. Ale which actually we haven't mentioned yet on, on the show because it's kind of been promoting itself this year yeah um, we are going to Newcastle we are. on the 3rd of December for the, the, the Crimbo Crawl. Uh, thanks to Miles and Gary for sorting out what looks like a really interesting route. Um, if you want to join us, you can just um, go to our website uh, and have a look at the section that says Crimbo Crawl and all the details are on there. So it'll be great to see loads of people turn up to the Capital Craft. Exactly. As, it's, as it's, it's looking good and the itinerary does look very interesting. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I can't wait to go to Wyland. Yeah. I think which most people Yeah, probably, definitely. Yeah. Um, so just finally on the news this week, uh, the Great American Beer Festival has spoken. Um, so at the 30th uh, festival that was held in Denver, Colorado at the beginning of October, um, basically they've defined what they feel will be the beer trends for 2017. So, so this is quite an interesting one. So, so these are the six styles of beer that they think are going to be the most popular okay. next year. Uh, number one, IPAs. Oh, I was wondering when they might make a comeback no, myself. Yeah, because we're not getting enough of those, are <laughs> There's we? no IPAs around. Maybe, maybe, they're, maybe they're actually saying it'll go back to your sessionable IPAs. Just, just the standard... Rather than... Five doubles, or six percent Imperials. I, yeah, but I don't want session IPAs anymore. I, I, I just want a nice, solid, six and a half, seven percent IPA. Well, you do. That's Cannonball, Steve. I, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, anyway, next next one is uh, Lagers and Pilsners, which I, I think we are beginning to see a little bit of a resurgence yeah. of already. Uh, sour beers. Uh, I would say I think they've already had their year last year. Um, so I, I, I'm not too sure I can see them being massive. But I guess maybe, I mean, they're talking about, presumably they're talking about for the American market here as well, aren't they? Maybe they're a bit behind on the sours. Maybe. maybe. Who knows? I mean, I would agree with you. I mean, we've, we've had lots of beers being soured, and mo- yeah. a lot of breweries have brought out sours or variations yep. from a well, sour. Well, the next one as well is, is fermented beer, which is which is obviously you know along the same sort of lines. Yeah. Um, you've then got the, the last two again, very interesting coffee flavored beers. Which we are seeing to beginning to see a few, a few of them have started, up, but there's probably still more room for those ones. But there are, and I think what I'd like to see, having, having tried a few recently, are more of the the, the PAL coffee flavoured beers. So I had one at Indie Man. I had a coffee enhanced IPA 
It was from, it the year before, like a coffee lager from someone. Cloudwater Cloud coffee, Water. and that was my beer of the, the yeah. festival. And also recently, and I know you had this as well, um, Eskimo Joe by Fierce Brewing, yeah. which was a PAL coffee beer. Yeah. Just, I, I like it. I, I know you're not a fan of coffee itself. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't mind coffee and beer, but I'm yet to have fall into love with coffee per se. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if anyone wants to make any tea infused beers or a few more of them, I well, know there's well, a few out there. I was going to say, there's, there's enough of those. But, you know, well, I don't know, you know, coffee infused, well, I think we need a bit more in the tea. Okay. And then the last one is barrel aged beers, which uh, again, no surprise there. So, um, those those are trains to watch out for next okay. next year. I mean, uh, I'm not sure they've actually come out with anything too surprising. No, I don't think so. I think they're quite safe bets, aren't they? Those yeah. that, those six that they've done there. I, I think the only one that would surprise me would be the coffee flavored ones, and that's as I say, if we were to see more of a move towards the pale the, versions, the pale, coffee lighter, yeah. coffee beer. There's no there's no like you know Leicester surprises in there. That's like a very traditional type type of yeah. top six. Yeah, I think we could we could have all written down. Yeah, at least five six. of them. Yeah, easily, easy. I was very surprised to see IPAs in there, but. Um, it's, it's interesting to see where that, that goes, I suppose, yeah. because we do seem to always get a style of the year, don't yeah. we? Yeah. I mean, this year's very much been double IPAs. Very much double IPAs. Um, so, um, okay, so let's um, let's just jump back to the beer that we're currently drinking. So, as I said at the top of the show, we're drinking Fuller's Black Cab Stout, um, yep. which does actually come in... I wasn't a fan when Fuller's bought out their new shaped bottles, but I really like them now. They're really distinctive. It's taken me a while as well, because I, I, I like the other ones. Yeah. I, and I thought, why have you changed it? There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but yeah, I like the branding as well. I like the labelling and the label for this one as well. You know, Black Cow Stout. Again, fully, fully saying to everyone, this is London. It is, and and that's that's absolutely yeah. what, what it's what it's about. It's uh, you can't get more London than a black cab, no. can you? Um, and the reason that we're enjoying this uh, this week is because I got this from my local supermarket. Um, so I got this from my local Morrison's. Went in there, had a look on the shelves, and picked the beer that I thought was most attractive to my eye uh, at the time. And, and and the reason for that was because this week we're talking about. Um, the rites of passage in, in beer. So uh, the, the question that we put out um, to our listeners this week on Twitter. Opinions, 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 opinions. If you could start your beer journey knowing all that you know now, would your journey be any different? Um, so we had... 210 people take part this week. It was it was manic first couple of hours on, on the poll. Um, we reached uh, 100 votes quicker than we'd ever got there before okay, cool. on, on the first night. Um, and it's been tight throughout the 24 hours of, of, of the poll as well. So eventually, uh, no coming out on top with 41%, a very narrow margin against yes at 38%. And then the, the third fun option that people like to have, which was, what the fuck are you talking about? 21% of people actually voted for that. So okay. I had no idea what the, the, the subject matter was about. Um, and and that's that's what we're going to chat about this week. It's it's We're going to chat about those rites of passage through beer and, and, and what, what your journey is. So, and we've kind of got a beer to pair with each of the three themes that came out with the responses. Yeah, there were there, there there well. very definite uh, things that came out. You know, yeah. So we had... 
people actually saying about their journey. You had people saying about whether that would alter the types of beers they may or may not have drunk at various times. And and what was really pleasing that came out of it was a lot of people talking about, um, regardless of all of that, I've met some fantastic people. Yeah. So um, almost the beers irrelevant. Yeah. To, to that. But yeah. as part of their journey. And yeah. I think we can all relate to that and we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in due course. So yeah, it's quite interesting, but it broke down into almost three very distinct parts. Yeah. So let's let's go into some of the views in, in terms of what people were saying in terms of their journey. Uh, and then we'll have a chat about ours as, as we finish off the fullers before we jump into the next beer. So um, Mark at Kel Fired uh, said, absolutely, I'd waste less time and money by trying poor macros, but I've still loved the trip to here. And, and a lot of people were kind of echoing that, that yeah. sort of sentiment as well. Uh, Mark Johnson at Mark Ken Johnson, no, it was perfect. <laughs> um, and again, it's one of these things where there did seem to be a bit of a north-south divide. So a lot of people from up north were saying, no, I absolutely wouldn't change a thing. I had this wonderful journey through cask beer to where, where I am now. Actually, actually, it's a good point. I haven't picked up on that. But yeah, a few of the conversations that were going on were along those lines. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, I can link that back into my one because uh, that that was something that bypassed me until you said it then. Yeah. Um, coming back down south, uh, Beer in Essex at Beer in Essex. Now, I think that's Justin who started tweeting under his pseudonym. Yes. Um, yeah. Trying, but it's still the random bloke on yeah. Twitter, just to be clear. Yeah, still trying to find a new, uh, new way into appearing on the show. Um, I would hope that I'm still near the start of my beer journey. There's so much more to discover and experience. Uh, North by North Yeast at NXNY blog. Um, obviously, but the same could be said of films, music or food. You grow and learn or you drink only Fosters and watch only Mrs. Brown. Which oh, I thought was God. a great comment. That'd be a lonely night in, wouldn't it? It would, wouldn't it? But what, what a great comparison. It is a very to, good comparison. To, to make there. Um, and then um, Oliver Conningham at Fork and Carrot. Absolutely not. That's the whole point of the journey to learn throughout and to enjoy it, not to fast track to the end, which again, I think is a, is a very good observation yeah. in, in terms of this. Um, and then finally, just to finish up on this one, Miles Lambert, um, knowledge is one thing, the market has shifted massively at the same time, so probably not. And I got my knowledge from following the world's greatest podcast, where the show went, my beer journey followed. <laughs> and, and of course, he was talking about what we do and what we did before with the Beer O'Clock Show. Cementing um, his place as number one fan. Cementing his place as, as number one fan for all time. So that's what people were saying in terms of their actual journey um, that they went through. And I know both you and I have got very different journeys. Yeah. Uh, as well so um do you want to do you want to jump in first with, yeah. with the journey that you went on yeah i think I'll, um, I'll, I'll probably go back to what miles has said here actually the last comment you did knowledge about is one how great the podcast about is. how great the podcast yeah. is and how, how great it was previously um knowledge is one thing it's very is probably a very key point what i know now i'm not sure i could have actually used any of it anyway yeah um my, my beer journey was started off in ipswich uh, we were tolly cobbled, tied pubs. Um, so I was either a couple of a couple of standard tolly cobbled beers, uh, best bitter. Well, everything looked brown to me then. Nineteen eighty seven, everything looked brown if it wasn't cold fizzy lager. Mm -hmm. um, the only time that I thought it was different flavours and different colours and different variations is when I went to beer festivals, which again 
was started in 1987, but I didn't mix and match. Yeah. Beer festivals I drank beer, and when I was at my mates, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, it was lager. There was, you know, there wasn't any hint of a beer journey. Drinking lager was cooler. Drinking lager made me more attractive to the girls, and drinking lager helped me dance. Obviously, all of those things completely <laughs> failed on all of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, my 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 beer journey took a long while. There was a long gestation period. Yeah. Beer festivals. Started working in London in 1994. That sort of opened my eye to a few other breweries I probably hadn't come up, become aware of. A few of the London ones. 2001 joined Canberra. Then I started to beer started to creep in more and more into my pub life as well. Um, but again, we were still talking. It's real ale or lager. That I, that was all I had. That yeah. was it. It was real ale or lagers. That that's all I knew of. I didn't. I hadn't really gone to Germany or Belgium at that stage. So, but real ale was always there. But it wasn't something I went out of my way to 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 seek out unless I was at an event of some kind and that mm. was usually a festival um, and then it sort of uh, you know picked a pace in the last five or six years beer club untapped beer bods bottle shares blogging podcasting seems to have accelerated quite considerably over the last four or five years but it was a long period to get there and I would go back to what Miles said I know a lot now There's and then what Justin said there's still a lot to find out but I probably wouldn't change it. It's it's almost like a couple of things you said there. I'm I'm, I'm going to draw the comparison, and uh, I, I make no apologies for going off on a on a slightly geek angle here. But I'm going to make the the comparison back to the um, the Incredible Hulk film, where uh, Tim Roth's character says, "If you take what I know now and put it in the body body of a soldier twenty years younger, I'd be the most amazing weapon you had." Yeah, and it's it's interesting that I, I think that's maybe where I was trying to go with this in terms of you've, we've got all this knowledge now, and and yes, it's something else to pick up on there. In the last five years, there does seem to have been an absolute surge in terms of the beers that are available and how much is now available, and the places where you can go to drink it, and the ways in which you interact, and, and all the rest of it. But it's it's just I suppose. If you had the opportunity to, to, to go back in time, would would you would you take any different steps on, on your journey? No. Or, because or do you be, think I, that that is your rite of passage? It's not so much a rite of passage. It's just that I would be going out with my mates. And we were all of the same mind. If I'd suddenly started um, banging on at the age of 18, obviously, um, about different beer styles, different... Providence and different breweries and stuff. Um, I think the the phone calls on Fridays and Saturdays about what time we were meeting would have decreased quite considerably, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Because there would have been phone calls <laughs> back then as well, wouldn't there? There was phone been, calls. You wouldn't have been text messages or, yeah, or, or tweets or anything. Yeah, you had to actually get a call or, you had to, call or, up or you had to remember what time you had agreed to meet the week and before. Where? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I don't even know if I... Even if I could. So say, you know, I did, I did find out today that when I did start drinking, there was around 230 breweries and 70 brew pubs listed. Okay. As a as a broad brush camera definition. So yeah. around about 300 places that brewed. Whereas now there's 1,700. And probably brewing exponentially vastly more styles than they did then as well. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, so again, even if I had 
even if I knew then what I know now, I'm not sure I could even have put it into practice anyway. Because there was nowhere to, to, to get No. I, you know, like I said, I was, in, I was going to Thai pubs. Um, it, you know, I wasn't going that far out of my, my comfort zone with my mates. We, mm. we went to different places on different nights, depending on whether it was, you were out as part of a, a couple's night or out with the lads or just doing something a bit different with work. But you were still going to Tolly Cobble type pubs. Yeah. And it wasn't really into, I think my first cast beer that I drank regularly in pubs was probably um, Tetley. Okay. And that's when it started a bit more. I thought, oh, this is all right, because I was part of a quiz team. Yeah. And the quiz team was all real ale drinkers. So again, I was early 20s. I was by far away the youngest of the team. So you sort of want to fit in as well. So I just had the same thought, actually, I quite like this. Mm-hmm. And so it started to creep into my pub life. But I was just by natural learning naturally about it and people saying well why don't you try this or do you want a pint of this or what are you having that for yeah that kind of thing whereas with my mates we never asked those kind of questions to be honest you just drank for enjoyment's sake yeah 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 it was you know and also we had a limited amount of time unless you were going to go to a club if you met up at eight o'clock you were drinking till 11 oh yeah because of course you know, pubs yeah. used to shut at 11. Or yeah. you had to go to a club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. there was very definite times when you were drinking as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little bit of a different culture, I would say. So, in ret- I, I mean, I did vote no, um, because, you know, you, you set up the polls very kindly for us every week, so I can actually vote on our, yeah. our polls. Um, so, I, yeah, I voted no. I wouldn't bother changing any of it myself. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed the journey. And especially over the last three or four years, I think it's been brilliant. Yeah. The amount of stuff. How I've ended up doing this with you, I don't really know, but I'm enjoying it. (laughs) Yeah, it's just kind of one of those happy accidents, isn't it, I suppose? I suppose, yeah, it's... For for me, I I think I'd have to agree, actually. I don't think I'd I'd change my journey. Because if I I look back, I I started drinking um, Real Ale uh, in my mid to late 20s. Drank it for a few years um, and very quickly got bored of it because I got bored of having the same boring brown flat beer um, and was getting no real variation in there. So I ended up going back and, and drinking lager and just, you know, going out and when you're out, it was just a pint of lager or a pint of this one or that one. But it was it was very much the, the same. And then. I suppose it was about five or six years ago I started to, to crave just a little bit more again in terms of flavour and started going into supermarkets and, and looking and seeing what was on the shelf and so trying different a bit things. Never, so your, yeah, your journeys are different. I never really started looking at the supermarkets as a an avenue for discovering beers until I started to get more into the beer scene mm-hmm. and realised that Again, because I had always I'd grown up above an off license, and then I'd known I'd seen that off licenses sort of died. I'd sort of dismissed other retailers selling alcohol. Okay. So I'd never really looked out for me. It was always about being, going to the pub. I hadn't yeah. really thought about supermarkets. So I think that's where our our journey is very different. I, I wasn't looking in supermarkets particularly. Mm-hmm. I might pick one up, but I wouldn't go out of my way. I think I think the supermarket phase if if you will um was was an important one for me because it opened my eyes to the range of beers that were available well, your, first, your first season with mark was fairly much whatever you two could get could get on the supermarket, supermarket shelf yeah at the same at the same supermarket for the same show yeah so it was, it was what was available but that wasn't always as easy as it sounded no you, you know because trying to find a 
uh, Tesco in in and other supermarkets are available um, <laughs> in South London and and one in Essex that actually stocked the same range of beers that that we both fancied doing and and we very quickly ran out of beers from the supermarket shelves to to do um, but it was around the same sort of time that we started to see the kind of brewed four type beers yeah. appearing in supermarkets so my, my first check-in on untapped was the, the, the scottish craft brewed lager which everyone knows is shihalium yeah um that was from sainsbury's i don't think harvestoon do it for sainsbury's anymore but that was my first check-in and it was because of that beer that i actually found untapped as as well and one could probably say that that was the opening of the rabbit hole for, for me was, was finding that's, untapped that's definitely part of my rabbit hole moment my beer journey prior to that was quite gradual yeah and then all of a sudden you're in and you're you're down the rabbit yeah, hole yeah Snyder Vice was my first one yeah my first checking mm-hmm. it coincided with me getting my first beer boards box okay cool so I thought well I'll tie in the beer boards bit with sharing it on Twitter and then you carry on yeah and it, and, and it away becomes all consuming. Yeah, it, it does. And but com- coming back to the supermarket thing and and the, the reasoning behind starting off with a Fuller's Black Cab t- tonight was because, as I said, it, it's a bit it's a beer that's available in supermarkets. It's quite attractive on the shelves. It's the sort of beer that I would have gone for um, back at the beginning of my journey in terms of looking at the labelling, looking at who it was by. Because back then I would have gone for what I would have called trusted brands. Right. So I would have looked at Fuller's. I would have looked at um, Adnams at the time. I would have looked at Moreland, not knowing that they were owned by by Green King. Okay. Um, I would have looked at Marsdens be- because you know their labelling w- was good, and I I I would have taken those as being the trusted brands. Uh-huh. And that, that for me that was the start of my journey, and then from there just craving more and wanting more and wanting to find out what more exists and as you say it coincides with a time where we've seen the rate of breweries in the UK just increase steadily and they're all producing different styles and they're all producing different beers well even just uh, going back to your supermarket thing you know because we we did discuss supermarkets a little while ago we did and uh, there's obviously been a few blogs recently because if one follows the trend that we set. Well, exactly. Exactly. I think, you know, we should add that on the t-shirt next time as well. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the amount of beers you can get from supermarkets now. Yeah. Compared it's... to what you had at the start of your journey is, there's hundreds more. Well, if, if you look the obviously the recent announcement of um, Tesco Express stocking, um, almost forgot what they were called then, Brewdog. Brewdog beers, yeah. Um, a, a lot more of the Brewdog core range and a lot more of their specials are now available in Tesco Express. Um, you know, we are seeing more and more of it. Yeah, I mean, there's been, like I said, there's been some interesting write-ups recently about it. You know, you've got again Mark Johnson, who we referenced earlier with beer complication, has mentioned uh, he did a blog the apocalyptic levels of beer purchasing and wondering whether people were now just going to clear the shelves when you saw. Oscar Blues at one pound twenty nine or something. So a very interesting take of what what might happen and whether that's affected his buying habits. Um, a similar uh, piece from um, Brew Geekery from Pete McKerry. Oh, Pete will be happy. Who's been referenced previously? He's, he's got his hat trick. I think he may have a hat trick now. now as well. Yeah. Um, so Tesco Finest was the heading of his one. Um, and so he mentioned it again and I think I went back to him on Twitter on this one because uh, until very recently if I wanted to buy from a shop without ordering online 
in Colchester, it was supermarkets for me. Yeah. It's only very recently I've had an independent retailer open up. So if there are, if any shop is opening their range up, then it's good for me and it's good for other people. And it, 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 it gives people an idea. It gives people an idea what's out there. And the chances are that if they're only ever going to stick to supermarkets, then it wouldn't matter what else is out there. The counterpoint of that was Matt Curtis's blog, um, Craft Beers Race to the Bottom, um, obviously on his Total Ales uh, website, about whether the discount culture in beer is becoming a, an issue and we will actually see things starting to suffer. I don't think we're there yet. I, I, but I could see. didn't completely agree with everything that no. Matt said in that book. I, I, I particularly didn't agree, and I, I understand the point he was making, but I didn't agree with the reference that he made to Thornbridge now doing um, free delivery on, online and the impact that that would have on independent retailers. Yeah, that one. That, there were some points in there, and there were some um, things which made you think. I didn't quite, again, I didn't quite get them all, so it'd be quite interesting to have a chat Matt, about that when we next bump into yeah. him. Because there was a few bits I didn't quite get. But again, they were just a few things which people might want to need to look out for. And obviously we'll reference them in the show notes. Which sort of tie in that your journey started, a lot of it, this particular part of your journey started off in supermarkets. But the range now, compared to even when your journey started five oh, or six years ago. It's unbelievable, yeah. It's unrecognisable. I, I still get excited to go into supermarkets. In, you know, Especially Tesco's with the range that they stock now. Um, you, you know, and you see the range of cans. Yeah, I mean, I'd, the, I would say I'd say M and S probably still have an edge uh, on Tesco, and uh, and I like the the brood for stuff yeah. in M and S as well. And M and S is you can find at train stations as well. Yes, absolutely which is handy. Yep. So I I would say that they've probably got a slight edge on it, and with some of the ones that they've brought in as well, which are doing their beers. Mm-hmm. Um, all I need is Northern Monk Double Heaven to appear it. Marks and Spencer's <laughs> train station shops, and I, that's it. I'm gone. Did, did you see the image of the uh, the, the heathen 500 mil can yep. that they're planning for next year? Yep. That's what I want to see in Marks and Spencer's. <laughs> I, I want to see tall boys of heathen. And that'll for, be a journey for, home. Train yeah. <laughs> um, so, so while we've been talking about uh, the, the supermarket stage and, and, that, and that, that, that part of the journey, um, we've just poured another beer. Um, to, to enjoy this evening. Now this is a this is double IPA um, and it's a home brewed double, double IPA. Um, so this is from Bob and Sarah Maxfield um, who kindly gave us this this bottle uh, Indie Man. Um, they did say to maybe drink before now. Um, yeah, to be fair they did. We, we wanted to, to save it and actually feature it on the show and we felt that um, feature it on this week's show uh, was right because actually this can form part of someone's journey in, into beer. So let's give this one a yeah. try, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, thank you very much, Bob and Sarah. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's really nice. I'm liking that, mate. <laughs> there's, there's a lovely kind of sherbetty red fruit nose to it. it. I mean, it's poured this lovely deep... And the it has got a lovely uh, well. double IPA kind of colour to it that you often associate yeah. with that style these days. Yeah. The it's, head has, has retained on it beautifully as well down the glass. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how long Bob and Sarah have been doing the homebrewing bit because obviously I'm more familiar with uh, Bob's blogging. Yeah, under, under the Midland Beer Collective, and uh, having met him a couple of times as well, very good company. But I was unaware that. He had a skill in homebrewing as well, which 
you know, tying into what we're saying, this has been, I've been amazed over the last couple of years when I discover that people can make this stuff that we drink, that we call beer, in their kitchen, in their shed, in their garage, yeah. and it tastes so good. I, I, I never knew this was possible. Well, we're, we're lucky enough to have um, Mark uh, come along to the bottle share that we do, and he's, he's an avid homebrewer, and he always brings his, his beers along yeah. for, for us to try. Yeah, he had one at the Vic this weekend, yeah. which went down really well Yeah, in, in Colchester, their homebrew festival. Yeah. And and it just I, I suppose it just goes to show that as as you say you know people are doing this sort of stuff in 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 their home now and you know we did previous homebrew specials on the beer o'clock show and for every one of them I always said that that their beers that I would be more than happy to to pay yeah. good money for uh, as well and 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 a lot of that just lends itself again to that part of the journey where. Actually, as a result of this journey that we're on, we do get to try an awful lot of different types of beer now. Oh. And, and the range of beers. Amazing that... amount of range. I mean, you know, like I said, but for, for someone to be able to do a double IPA at home. It tastes like that. It tastes like that. With that sort of finish. Especially when he's, you know, when he said, well, it may not be at its best at the moment. Well, I do apologise if we're now drinking it past its best. But I make no apology for that and bloody enjoying it. Yeah, it's, it's really, really nice. It's got a nice, nice boozy yeah. burn at the end yeah. as well. So just while we're finishing that, just a, a few comments that, that kind of lend themselves to this part of, of the discussion and this part of the journey as well. So James at Gammon Baron said, um, the only thing that I miss from when I started <laughs> drinking 20 years ago is the £1.20 a pint. But what a time to beer alive today. And I, I, I can't disagree with James yeah. there. You, you know, the, the, the choice that we have now is, is just amazing. Um, Matt Curtis at Total Curtis said, I wouldn't have dismissed Great Lager for so many years. Also, I would have started collecting um, goose, go, goose, I can never say that word, goose, go, goose, goose? goose and lambics much earlier. Yeah, that put that, I mean, that's a good, good point, mate, from that. Cause, um, and a lot of people said that, yeah. as well, they would have started collecting. I, yeah. think, I think we all would have liked to have had a, a full of 1997. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants one of those in their cellar, don't they? But. Um, yes, Al at Yes Al Blogs. Uh, my tastes and craving change regularly. One week I want to ingest the hops. Next, I want a thick and boozy imperial stout, which I can very much uh, understand. That I'm the dark nights have drawn in, and now all of a sudden, all I'm doing is I'm craving stout. <laughs> so I don't want hops anymore. I want dark beer. And then Rach at Look at Brew said it, it'd be different, but not necessarily better. I guess I started on a different set, set of classics but all with good memories. And Rach referencing there, um, her beer bringing up in Sussex, I would have thought very similar to yours, being very cask-focused yeah. on the beers that she would have had available to her. Yeah, cask-focused cask or lager. Yeah. So, you know, going back to Matt's thing, I wouldn't dismiss great lager. I didn't realise there was great lager for a long time. Um, for me, it was always associated with... It was less, When I first started drinking, it was less than a pound a pint. Yeah. If I couldn't buy five drinks for under a five, I was feeling hard done by, and I was thinking I was in somewhere a bit posh and a bit fancy. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I didn't realise there was that much great lager until recently, and there are some very good lagers out there completely. And collecting beer. If somebody said to me five years ago, I'd be collecting beer. Yeah, you're going Selling it. Yeah. And saving it. I mean, it sounds like my mum and dad were there. China tea sets are saving it for a special occasion. I mean, 
When's a special occasion going to turn up? I think it's a good idea to open that beer. Well, well I can remember on the first time I went through my went through that early stage of trying cask beer in my mid twenties. That would have been in the late nineties. And I think I remember buying a bottle of Fuller's Vintage from Sainsbury's at the time and really not enjoying it. And I didn't pour it away. I drank it, but I had no idea back then that actually, had I kept that bottle in, <laughs> in, in, my, in my cupboard, it would have been worth about 500 quid now. Oh, exactly. Um, so, so it's quite amazing. I quite like Rachel's, Rachel's comment, but it'd be different, but not necessarily better. That's probably quite a good, a good point. Yeah. As well, because you may have done gone in a different route, you know. Again, maybe going a bit geeky, but going back to the old sliding doors, you don't know where it may have taken you. That route, uh, Bob. Just so you know, Steve's finished his already. It, th- that was just too drinkable. Um, <laughs> carbonation was 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 perfect on it. Um, the right balance of flavors, the right balance of finish uh nice one bob thanks for thanks for letting us have that beer as well yeah bob really i, I, I like the blogging but i think you might have to stop stop yeah, blogging stop, stop, stop brewing more beer stop brewing more beer yeah and, and send it to to, to mid essex yeah absolutely so yeah the, the type of beer you drink would you have changed i mean you, you you say your beer journey started in the last six years but obviously you drank before that yeah what, would, you, would you have changed anything i mean it's a bit like a band isn't it i mean they start in you know, you've got some bands which are made these days, manufactured, yeah. your X Factors and that kind of stuff. But the bands which a lot of people really have a real strong affection for are those bands which they knew when they were small and to use a, a craft-like term, indie. Yeah. You know, and, and you grow with them. Is there anything that you would have bothered changing about your start of your beer journey? I... I don't. I don't think so. I think you. You know, at the, at the time when I was going through just drinking essentially what was ever on the bar, it, it was a time where um, it was quite a social period of my life, and um, probably quite a new parent at that time as as well. So I wasn't necessarily going out out on yeah. on, on big nights ow, out. Ow. Yeah. Good. Um, so, so it was a case of socialising and just drinking what was was ever on the bar, and then obviously as the, as the kids started to, to to grow up, and as as you spend more time at, at home bringing children up, that's probably where I started discovering supermarket beers, and then from that place it was just in investigating more and more, and I think my my life probably changed on the day that I went into the Holborn Whippet and and saw written up on their their wonderful centerpiece of a of a yeah. beer board. Uh, the word cannonball and I, I was like oh it sounds like an interesting beer let me give that a go and I, I think it was from that moment that I disappeared fully into that rabbit hole and and, and I was off looking for new adventures it, that that was literally the moment where I was like I cannot believe that that beer can taste this good yeah, mine was a uh, Jaipur when um, I did my first beer tasting event at work in 2011, and Jeff Evans did the hosted it for us, brought the beers in, and he brought Jaipur. That was the last beer we tried. And yeah. like, what? Where's all this come from? Where has these flavours come from? All the beers were lovely that evening, but suddenly Jaipur was there. It's like, I've never had anything like this. And it was that inspired, uh, A, proved to me that there was something, there was still loads what I needed to know, yeah. wanted to know, and that, bloody hell these beers are just are made here as well 
Yeah. That's that. That's the thing, isn't it? It's you. You had no idea that these no. beers were available, and because be it somebody opened that door for you, or you happened to walk past the door when it was open and you stepped in and and you took your, your, your chance. I mean, a, a big part of my journey in, I, I suppose, leading me to the to, to the Holborn Whippet was was rediscovering or, or discovering Edmunds beers. Um, it was around the time when they launched Ghost Ship. I completely fell in love with, with that beer. Wanted to try as many Adlam's beers as I could, uh, and I think that's where I started going down that route of of Ooh, what what breweries don't. Hang on, they don't just do one beer. They, they they've got a range yeah. of beers, and you know, uh, it was a time where I, I used to work quite closely to the Holborn Whippet. And, and was able to, to just go in and see what different beers they, they had on. So I suppose in terms of places that were an important part of that journey, supermarkets and then, then probably the likes of the Holden Whippet and the Euston Tap and, and, and places in London that were, were some of those early innovators yeah. in, in serving craft, for want of a better word, and traditional beer side by side. Yeah, yeah which they both do. I mean, I think the... The cast collection at the Euston Tap is excellent and always well kept and well delivered. Yeah. In fact, some of the best cast beer I've had in the, in London is it been at the newer, more modern places. Mm-hmm. Definitely. They do cask really well. They want all their beers to be served the right way and spent the right way. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. Actually, that's a good point. Uh, you know, places which sort of kickstart you as well. It does, and and also also people as 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 well, which was kind of some of the comments. Um, just just to finish up on 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 the comments that people fed in from last week, um, a, a few people commented on it wasn't so much about necessarily the beer, but about the people that that met they've met along their journey. So um, Bob Maxfield, um, obviously again, Bob, thanks for this evening's one of this evening's beers. Oh, Bob, um, is this on untapped? It's not. No, I've already checked. Can you put it on untapped, Bob? Because it's badges. I thought I might get a badge for it. Yeah, come on, Bob. It's it's not on there. Um, no. Why did we drink it? Why? Yeah, it's because, my badge. Because we got given it. It's that's, my badge. That's why. Oh. Um, so he said, uh, Bob Maxwell said, no, because the journey, because through the journey, I have met and interacted with so many great people. The odd knob, but mostly great people. Is he going back about us nicking the fudge again? Uh, possibly. I, I don't know whether he's quite got over that. And then also Janice Dunn at Mrs. Beer Snob um, said she wouldn't have been so cautious with beer choices, but meeting good people, friendships would have still have happened though. Um, and as I say, quite a few people tapped into that as well, that it's been not necessarily just about the beer. Um, this final beer that we're going to taste tonight is kind of, for me, is, is representative of what beer has offered me. Yeah. So this is from Liberty Brewing Co., who are from New Zealand. It's called Knife Party. It's a 7.1% IPA. And this was brought back for us by Clayton yep. from, from New Zealand. Um, were it not for beer, I wouldn't know Clayton. I certainly would, wouldn't be sat opposite you recording a podcast right now. No, that's true. I mean, I knew Clayton anyway because we work in the same company. Yeah. Um, but that's, I think we sort of got to be aware of each other through the people in IT we knew rather than the beer and the beer came afterwards but once we knew about the beer in common yeah really good yeah um, and yes through him I met you and a few of the other guys who've now formed part of the Essex Bottle Share 
Yeah, which is quite a close knit group Very itself. Very close knit community, I would say. Yeah. So let's um have this one and cheers to yeah. Clayton for this. Cheers, Clayton. Oh, that's, mm. there's there's some nose on that. Oh, that's delicious. Wow. I don't know what to say at the moment. That is just fantastic. <laughs> For uh, the, the listeners at home, Martin's chewing thin air right, right now. Yeah, I, I was um, actually doing the chewing. Let's, um, I mean, let's start with what it looks like. I mean, it's as clear as anything. It's it's crystal clear. Yeah, paid elk here. Yeah. Um, it's got a lovely white, throffy head to it. The aroma is just off the charts. It's There's... So there's mango, there's pineapple in there. Yeah, it's all the tropical. It's all the tropical, all the citrus, yeah. and and then that 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 the it comes through on the flavouring, and you get this amazing, almost syrupy like feel to it, and it and it does coat the inside yeah, of your mouth, but avoids being cloying. Yeah, it's not cloying in any way, and, and it finishes so clean. Yeah, uh, really clean, and it's a lovely yeah. carbonation as well. Still, still a little tingle on the tongue. And it just makes you want to pick it up again. And again. That is and again. bloody amazing. Thanks, Clay. For yeah. bring, again, for muling it halfway around the world again. Yeah. Well, all, almost all the way around the world for that one. That yeah. is fantastic. Cheers, cheers for that, mate. Appreciate that. So, just in summary then, um, let's just go back to the, the, the original question. If you were to go start to, back to the start of your beer journey, knowing everything you know now, would your journey be different? I, I think we're both agreed on, on, on no. No, on, no, aren't we? probably not. I'm... I, I I don't know if I would have been able to do anything different. So there's my very practical side is coming out as well. Mm-hmm. Probably nothing I could have really done. I could have yeah. When I explored other when I did go to other countries, I maybe could have looked out. But again, different stage of my life, probably wouldn't have bothered so much. Um, no, I've enjoyed how I've got to where I am now because it's. It's a bit like working your way through a company, you know, when you have these um, CEOs who say, you know, I started on the shop floor and now I, I run the company. Mm-hmm. But as far as they're concerned, they're best qualified to run the company because they've done every stage of it. And they haven't just leapt in at the deputy chairman level because they've got X amount of qualifications. They've also done all the hard stuff as well. They've done the slog. And I, I was so I was liking it to that. I mean, I, I've done what could be described as a slog, even though at no stage do I ever think that was a slog. Standing in a pub with a mate drinking beer never has been. It's not hard work. And never will be a slog. Yeah, let's be honest. And I, I still, when required, revert back to type when needed. Yeah, and I, th- I think you've proved that over the last few years of your... Uh, trips yeah, to Butlins. Tri- trips to Butlins, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so um, if, if you still want to have a say on, on this topic... Um, just tweet us use the hashtag opinions uh, and let us know what your thoughts are on this topic and obviously keep an eye out for the polls that are on Twitter every Sunday night for you to get involved with for next week's show Um, so we've got to have a prizes prize for this week yep of course we you know we we can't not have a prizes prize for anyone who's listened to uh, our our Goose Island specials we didn't have a prizes prize so if you have built up um, one of them is related to that show. Steve did take a really nice picture. Look at that of the uh, the the beers we've tried as, pa- as part of a goose island. He is with a shout. Um, so and then next up was Miles. Uh, 
a picture at Wyland Brewery of Wild Beers Bar that they set up, which looks, I'm fairly certain, is the one they use for a lot of their events. Looks like the one they had set up at um, yeah. Indie Man. Then, again, a bit of a north-south thing going on here. Okay. So we had uh, the Ale Trail, so I think that's Gary. That is Gary, yeah. Who's uh, helping us with the uh, Crimbo Crawl. He took a lovely picture of a four-pack of beer um, at Exhibition Park. Uh, must be like a, a hole in the wall looking through into the autonomous vista in the background. Really nice picture. Beautiful, yeah. However, the show has been stolen by uh, previously said Clayton, who decided to take a picture of a beer on a beach in New Zealand. And uh, what really does work is that this beer is actually named after said beach, and the beach he's taking it on is the same beach. There's no one else, there's nothing else in the background. Um, and this one wins. Once you see the picture, you'll know why it's won. It's, it's a perfect picture. Yeah. And, and I think I might have jumped the gun by snatching this back from you this weekend and saying I'm yeah. giving that the prize. Steve, Steve still has control <laughs> issues. But yeah, it, it was it's de- definitely, definitely a fantastic picture. And having been to New Zealand myself a couple of times, I can picture that kind of beach. Yeah. Credit where credit's due. Clayton, when one of us next see you, and I think you're a... You're, you're going to be seeing uh, Steve at the end of this week when you're helping out with the big beery night. Um, he'll give you the big box of nothing then. Well, indeed. And, so, uh, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah, congratulations indeed. Um, so, next week, um, what are we going to be featuring on, on next week's show? What beers are we going to do, mate? Well, I, I had a bit of a look in the cellar earlier, and um, I picked up some beers from a, a new, newish beer shop in Milton Keynes, or just outside Milton Keynes. Okay, from Norby's we have a Best Bitter, a Pilsner, and an American Pale Ale. It's uh, sort of ties in with some bits we've been speaking about next week, but will hopefully uh, work quite well with next week's opinions topic as well. Yeah, because next week we're going to ask you... It's one that we've skirted around for a while. And yeah, I, still well, don't I, was think... in t- I was intending to skirt around forever. Yeah, but I, t- I still don't think we're tackling it head on um, because it's not something that either of us want to do. But next week's question, so, so look out for this on, on the poll on Sunday night, is going to be, do we really need a definition for craft beer? Um, if that one doesn't set Twitter alight for a few <laughs> hours, nothing will. Um, so make sure you tune in next week. Listen to us drink uh, the Nobby's beers. Um, try and hunt them down online if you can Uh, remember we've got uh, discounts on the website if you want to check out any of the um, sites that offer us discounts have a look they might have some of the Nobby's beers but I guess until next week um, that's probably enough from us tonight mate yeah I reckon yeah cheers cheers cheers